and we are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. Is Vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect? Because Dal and Joey and I, well, you know, um, yeah. If, if, if you've been with us long enough, you know the answer. Those of you that don't know, trust me, it's all for the better that we're here now. Trust me, it's it's much more for the better. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble all over the place. You can pretty well find me everywhere under that name. That's S-H-U-J-I-N. Hi. Good to be back with you. Let's uh, let's go ahead and run the intros and uh, check in on everybody and make sure everything, nobody is... I'll explain in a second. Top left-hand corner of the bingo card of North America where there has been snow down... Uh- has been and still is. It stayed all day today. Now that's not to say that it's going to stick around. I mean, mm-hmm. wh- where I live, if you don't like the weather, flip a coin, it'll only get worse. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Mm. We'll see what happens. Yes, yeah, true enough. I mean, that's basically anywhere in the northern fifty, but uh, well. Yeah, let's see how this plays out. Hmm. Down to the right, just a little bit from uh, the Midwest of the U.S., Bridget, hi. Hi. Uh, just uh, a little bit off to the right uh, at that point, Joey, I did not know that you were going to be joining us, so hi. Hello. Um, a little bit late, but I'm good. Well, considering that uh, the expectation was that uh, probably not showing up. So, um, hi. Let's just, let's just say, this is not a Power of Ten show, is it? No. No, not yet. Soon, but not now. Soon. We'll figure it out later. <coughs> All right. And uh, over the border and across the water and further across the water. Keep going over the water and back over to the mainland in Paris, France. Joseph, good morning. A good morning. Just keep swimming. Yeah, really. Tell me about it, man. So, yes, we're we're all here. We're all back. Yeah, the weather is definitely changing. It, it is what it is. Um, I don't know about the rest of you guys. Uh, I'm I'm trying very hard not to be keeping as much track of the news as I would like. Uh, I will go on record as to say that, uh, as far as health wise is concerned, I'm okay. However, I think I may have broken a rib from finding out that. Um, Uh, Joe Biden on one network talking to people beat out Trump talking to people on four networks combined. So, uh, yeah. By like a million viewers. Mm. So, um, yeah, there's that. I I, I had good laugh about that. You guys, you guys doing okay overall right now? Uh, um, our weather is really weird here right now. We're having to use air conditioning during the day because it's warm and then having to use the heat at night because it's so chilly. Yeah, that doesn't totally surprise me. As a bright side, you know, um, if you've got an NVIDIA graphics card on your computer, you know, keep the window open. You can heat the house that way. Just, you know, crank up the games to, I, I don't, I don't know. Overclock them. <laughs> yeah, well, well. See, the the funny thing is, uh, on on this computer, when I'm when I'm booted into Linux, I don't do it on on Windows. 
when I put it into Linux, I'm actually running one of those um, folding at home type uh, scenarios. And normally it's running at uh, 75% of the cores at 25% time. But when I go to bed, when I go to sleep and it's cold, I open the window behind me so that I can keep really cold air in here and I'll crank it up to 75, 75 and leave it go overnight because I mean, I'm, I'm adding a little bit to, you know, reduce reduction of world suck that way, admittedly by using a little bit more power, but really, I mean, you know, whatever. You know, when, yeah, when, no, when you're the Buffalo area and it gets cold at night, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be uh, one of those nights. So hi, everybody. Of course, for those of you that are with us live, thank you, as always. You can, you know, take advantage of the live chat, which on my screen is over here. For those of you that are watching on YouTube, it's over on that side, too. So that works out conveniently. Uh, Stephanie, I know that you're over there. Hi. Uh, it said, uh, I found World of Warships and World of Tanks to escape reality. At least the USA has an election this year. Um. Yeah, I I occasionally play World of Warships. I'm not good, but I do it when I just want to kind of do a, a blow em up kind of thing. Joe goes and, and plays World of Tanks occasionally, but it's not for any other reason other than he wants to apparently prove that he knows what to do with a very, very big gun. And usually does. Not so much with the World of Tanks anymore. Uh, actually, not for like the last two years. Yeah. Hey, never mind. And uh, Tech, hi. Uh, I'm surprised to see you over there. I did not know that uh, you were on and available. And though, oh, there's the primed soon. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Uh, if anybody's wondering, uh, it was something that uh, Shujin and I were talking about before the show started. Uh, so talking about, you know, how to how to escape reality and and big guns and stuff like that. Well, my my escape is Warframe, which is parkouring space ninjas that are supposed to be stealthy, but amazingly have a very wide range of handheld artillery yeah, well. uh, at their disposal. Um, and yeah, primed soon because they they advertise so much of what the roadmap is, like what they're planning to bring in, what their their new developments are. Like they've got a couple of huge updates coming. When are they going to be here? Soon. And you, you think about it, this game is over 10 years old, oh, I think. Yeah. Uh, still going strong, still has a massive player base, and they're constantly improving it. So these guys have been showing that roadmap for years. And, you know, when they say soon, you know, could be a week, could be a month. So, yeah, somebody put together the primed soon mod. And uh, when I was looking for that image, I actually saw a few other discussions like, uh, are they going to put this in game? Mm. It's like, well, okay, why would you want to equip your, your primary weapon with a primed soon mod? What does that mean? <laughs> well, what, I, what amazes me is I, you know, played EverQuest. That was mm -hmm. my first, you know, our RPG MMO. Yeah. Um. And it's still going. I mean, it's people are still there. And, yeah. you know, I got sucked into that in 1997. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, like an, another game. Okay, for a while I played World of Warcraft, but I got tired of it because it just I just lost interest. Mm-hmm. I played Final Fantasy fourteen, and I still would, except it's a monthly subscription, and yeah, you know, employment that that yeah. kind of stuff. You know how it is. Yes. I mean, Warframe does not require you to pay anything. It's not pay to win. Uh, 99% of everything that you can pay for, you can grind for. And there, there is no pay to win. Because I have seen people who are like level 28 in the game with massively decked out things that they all purchased I have seen them get absolutely schooled by some guy who was on there for six months and just faithfully knew what to do and how to do it. It's mm-hmm. it's not a question of what level you are. It's a question of have you sat and actually worked you, out what what does what? Do you know what you're doing? You know, it reminds me of a guy who uh, he used to play BattleTech, and I mean like the the traditional the tabletop game, not not the computer game. And he had books, binders of papers with graphs and mathematics. He he was designing his own mechs in, for the game, uh, but that were that were based on everything he found, like all the pluses and minuses. Everything was in the rules, and whoever was moderating his game was pulling his hair out of his head. Because this guy could just walk on the field and st- he would stomp the yard, so to speak. But, mm-hmm. but, 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 were any of his creations as cute as Little Irby? Probably not. But, you know, it, it could have been ugly as sin. But when it reduces you to a smoking pile of bubbling slag, you're not really worried about aesthetics at that point. Shujin, I saw that. Uh, I saw that. Uh, eyebrow there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, when somebody can walk onto a field and raffle stomp everything and everyone, yeah. Um, yeah that's for, for, the, <laughs> for those who aren't in the know, Little Irby refers to the urban mech. Basically, R2-D2 with a weight problem and a seriously bad attitude. Oh, no, 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 no. This guy was not playing with, with Little Irbys. He He was... He was up in Atlas or uh, Battlemaster territory. He was uh, arguably, yeah, it, arguably the cutest mech. Yeah, no, no, my guy was in the uh, the zero fox given realm of uh, <laughs> of play. We'll keep that. In he's mind. like, oh, he's like, oh, you're gonna hit me with a nuke. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so. Good to have everybody with us. Um, as uh, as as those of you that are looking on video head scene, yes, uh, tonight I am I'm trying out uh, another beer, Java Head Stout by, and I, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, Trogues. I, I could be wrong, but it's 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 got an O with a double umlaut on the top. So you know, how very nice. Um, yeah, all I'm getting right now is beer, which is a little disappointing. Because, you know, I was expecting, well, Dallin was even saying before the show, kind of expecting a little bit of coffee after tea. No. No, which is dis- disappointing. So I've got nobody to blame except Tiny Tribble, who suggested it tonight, because I talked to him and video called him, and it is what it is. 
So, uh, Chief, it's all your fault. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, so um, let me go ahead and get everything rolling. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get uh, we'll get stuff uh, to go. There is uh, okay for there is somebody who is IMing me over on uh, on Discord. I can't go looking at Discord IMs while I'm doing the show easily. So um, the only way I'm going to be able to do it properly is to kind of pick up my phone. And since I have to kind of talk to the audience, I will get to your IM momentarily. Just give me a couple of moments. Actually, give me five minutes because that's, that's about the time that we've got right about now. So with five minutes on the clock, your five-minute freestyle starts right now, and I titled this one The Middle. And I know some people are probably already thinking, oh, yeah, that's easy for the DJ. Stuck at the middle. You know, whatever. It's Don't worry about it. It's Here's, here's the problem. I am stuck in the middle with a whole bunch of people who are yelling and screaming about who you should vote for. Shouldn't a candidate be courting the vote? Shouldn't they be pulling in the people? As opposed to telling people, you need to vote and effectively holding a gun to their head, metaphorically speaking. I know. I know it's not a great situation. And I know. I know the circular argument of, well, if we all vote third-party candidate, but then that takes votes away from and maybe puts votes to and changes the dynamic. So when are we going to vote for a third-party candidate? Well, we can't do it now. Well, why not? Why don't we just all vote for the third-party candidate? In which case, it'll just be a complete ground swelling and, and it eats its own tail. The problem, as we know full well, is that you have one group on the lowercase left and other people on the lowercase right. And I'm saying it that way for a reason. It doesn't matter what, what type of affiliation you are. On the graph, you've got stuff on the left, you've got stuff on the right. They represent people. And it's a bell curve with the biggest bump smack dab in the middle. And whenever you're dealing with politics, when you're trying to win an election, generally speaking, yeah, you're battling for as much of that middle as you can. Because statistically speaking, that's where the greatest number of votes are to be won. You go out to one side or the other, it gets to be thin pickings because Fewer and fewer are out there. But the problem is that we do have still a bell curve of voters to be won over. But the biggest problem is that what is it that you're trying to sell people on? If you're trying to win the capital L left, the progressives, I'm not using a party affiliation right here, those that are looking for the progressive ideals, typically on the left. The problem is that those that are 
more into what you might otherwise think of as the fringe are the ones who have been putting down their flag and saying, God damn it, this is what we want because this is what we need. And we've been telling you that we need this more and more. And why the hell aren't you listening to us? And more and more, that side of the bell curve, that side of the middle of the bell curve, where there are more and more people, are the ones who have become apathetic. They're the ones who think it can't be done. So why should I bother? What does my vote count for? It doesn't matter. That's the third, a third of those who could have voted in my country the last big time. A third of the populace simply did not vote. Do I think that people should be voting a particular way? Yes. Yes, I do. Do I have a problem with telling people to, that they should do that? No, I got no problem with that. This time, especially in particular, I have no problems with saying it's not just go out there and vote. It's go out there and vote for the best good that you can invest in. Is the system crap right now? Absolutely. But the only way to tilt that middle is to work it from the bottom first. The only way to win the hearts and minds of this country or any population is to do the best that you can. And there are people who planted their flag and are still telling you, get your ass back over here. It's probably a good idea to listen to some of these people see what it is that they're talking about instead of just dismissing them out of hand. This is episode 333 on the docket, Your Honor. Uncivil protests. Whole balls has there been a lot of that going on. And we know it. And to a certain degree, we're kind of sick and tired of it. But as usual, we're not going to be talking about, well, how to solve a problem like Maria. We're going to be talking about what are these groups? What are they really trying to do? Who are they pulling in? Why? And, well, in some cases, is it worth trying to pull somebody or push somebody off of the home base for them? I don't know. And I know full well, before we get started with this all, that it's going to be incredibly contentious, immensely so. So if, if, if this is going to be upsetting, please know full well that we're going to do our damnedest not to really get instigative with anybody. We're not going to yell, we're not going to scream, and we're not going to talk down to anybody. Even if we end up with anybody in the chat who might, because once in a while this happens, we're not going to go ahead and rag on people in our chat, even if they end up being trolls, if they show up. So we're going to do our best to be who we usually are. So keep that in mind. I, um, yes, tech, I know it was you and I will, I will get to you, uh, your thing momentarily. I did go looking up information on uh, Rafe Badawi. We have no new information at this time. 
again, double-edged sword. So as of the recording of tonight's show, it has now been eight years, four months, two days since Rafe Badawi was unjustly incarcerated for thought crimes. Our hopes and our thoughts are still with you and your family. We are still waiting. So with that out of the equation, um, let me take a quick look and see what was going on over on Discord very quickly because, you know, I can do it on my phone while we're doing all this, but if I try to do it on, on the computer while this is all going on, that would be bad. <laughs> um, okay. Um, short version. Tech has basically said um, he'd be willing to join us or sit in the chat. You know, uh, I'm 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 of the opinion that you know maybe we should just you know sit him in the timeout corner because you know he's he's been a he's been a big old pain in my ass the last couple hours. I, I don't I don't know maybe I don't know. You know what? I'll, I'll figure it out. Then again, it's not like we pay him. Oh, you know what? Fine. Let me turn off the video for a couple of seconds. I'll pull him in. Uh, you guys make sure that you've got the horrible scopes on, and uh, I will turn off the video temporarily. Three, two, one. And I will pull him in. Um, and add him. And... Test one, two. Check is in we the mail. You. We got you. And my video is being weird. There we go. That's better. Hi, tech. Hi, guys. You know, it's it's good to have you back, but I I, I can't help but think that maybe just you know, just just a little maybe you don't have a social life again anymore. I'm really worried about you now. <laughs> Uh, well, in a way, I don't have a social life anymore uh, that's physical. <clears throat> I was going to say, who, who among us really does these days? I mean, all things considered. Yeah, I mean, I used to have a weekly thing that I did with a uh, group of people that were from all sorts of different walks of life. And it's all now, you know. Yeah, so did I. You can do the uh, online thing, but nobody really wants to do the online thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so did I, but... Uh, Again, that kind of died because, well, uh, we couldn't exactly do do it the online thing because, well, it was an actual competition that we were doing. So, and for us, um, before the pandemic, we were trying to figure out how to continue to do the online thing. It wasn't like we didn't have the options or the tech. It was conflicting <clears throat> schedules, uh, work schedules, life schedules, things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, still sort of like that in some cases. Alrighty. Well, now that we've got you, which, by mm -hmm. the way, good to have you, let's uh, go ahead, uh, do the nice, fun stuff, and uh, we'll kind of come back around and uh, get to the, you know, the, the crux of the thing. So, folks, it is time for your horrible scopes for this week. Uh, I did tell Joey and Dallin 
what was special about them this week because I started them, got three quarters of the way through it, and completely trashed it and started all over again for a good reason. If you don't figure it out by the end, I'll explain when we get there. Let so, it- guessing the f- over the fact that we normally go in order of introduction, since I is technically the last, that means I actually go af- uh, after Joseph this time. Yeah, okay, we'll do that. Cool. All right. So, Mix it up a bit. So, we'll get you going over here. So, starting off, Aries, if you could only sense how important you are to the lives of those you meet, how important you can be to the people you may never even dream of. There is something of yourself that you leave at every meeting with another person. Taurus. It's not so much what we have in this life that matters. It's what we do with what we have. The world needs a sense of worth, and it will achieve it only by its people feeling that they are worthwhile. And I, we live in a world in which we need to share responsibility. It's easy to say, it's not my child, not my community, not my world, not my problem. Then there are those who see the need and respond. I consider those my heroes. Cancer Moonchild, nobody else can live the life you live. Even though no human being is perfect, we always have the chance to bring what's unique about us uh, to live in a redeeming way. Often when you think that you're at the end of something, you're at the beginning of something else. Joseph? You're muted. All right. (laughs) Nail. People have said, don't cry to other people for years and years. And all it has ever meant is, I'm too uncomfortable when you show your feelings. Don't cry. I'd rather have them say, go ahead and cry. I'm here to be with you. There is no normal life that is free of pain. It is the wrestling with the problems that can be the impetus for our growth. Virgo. Solitude is different from loneliness. And it doesn't have to be a lonely kind of thing. Little by little, we human beings are confronted with situations that give us more and more clues that we are not perfect. Knowing that we can be loved exactly as we are gives us all the best opportunity for growing into the healthiest of people. Libra, normally we'd be telling you uh, something to do for a job, but uh, you'll have to pick that up next week. Peace means far more than the opposite of war. Forgiveness is a strange thing. It can sometimes be easier to forgive our enemies than our friends. It can be hardest of all to forgive people we love. Like all of life's important coping skills, the ability to forgive and the capacity to let go of resentments most likely take root very early in our lives. Scorpio. I think it's very important no matter what you do professionally, to keep alive some of the healthy interests of your youth. Children's play is not just kids' stuff. Children's play is rather the stuff of most future inventions. 
Just curious. Imagine what our real neighborhoods would be like if each of us offered, as a matter of course, just one kind word to another person. Real strength has to do with helping others. The greatest gift you ever give is your honest self. Uh, Capricorn, some days doing the best we can may still fall short of what we would like to be able to do. But life isn't perfect on any front. And doing what we can with what we have is the most we should expect of ourselves or anyone else. There are three ways to ultimate success. The first way is to be kind. The second way is to be kind. The third way is to be kind. Joseph? Yep, Aquarius. Uh, there are times when explanations, no matter how reasonable, just don't seem to help. In times of stress, the best thing we can do for each other is listen with our ears and our hearts and to be sure that our questions are just as, as, as important as our answers. Pisces, you rarely have time for everything you want in this life, so you need to make choices. And hopefully your choices can come from a deep sense of who you are. Who you are inside is what helps you make and do everything in life. In a way, you've already won in this world because you're the only one who can be you. For those of you that are wondering why do these horrible scopes sound very, very different, it's because this week we had a very special author. Mr. Fred McFeely Rogers. All of these quotes are his. And for anyone that wants to go ahead and say that a political candidate is akin to listening to Mr. Rogers and use that derisively, to quote somebody else from Twitter, you've already lost before you've gotten out of the gate with that. Well, if you want to take the last one, uh, Pisces, uh, Oscar Wilde also said it quite well. He said, uh, be yourself, because everybody else is taken. <laughs> that I've, That's an excellent one. I've never heard that. That's yeah, a good and, one. And I forget where it came from, but um, and I'm only paraphrasing it because I can't remember the exact quote, but it's more noble to be you in a world that's trying to get you to be like them. Ooh. That's a good one. That's about as punk as it gets, isn't it? I was <laughs> punk rocker and a headbanger back in the day. <laughs> can, can you write that out into the chat? Yeah, again, I don't know the full phrase of it, but... Yeah, but just the just the gist of it. I think it was actually more in a, in a world uh, where everybody's trying to get you to be like them. It's... Oh, crap. Somebody play that back for me. My brain just farted. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it for you in yeah. post. Don't worry about it. It's we'll going to be fine. We'll get it for you in post. You're going to have to wait for a day or two. I'd love See, to know I'd love to know when it was written, too. I, I should change my name from Unknown Tech to uh, Goldfish Tech. Ooh, shiny. Yeah, we'll keep that in mind. So those are your Squirrel. horrible scopes for this week. If you want them, <laughs> they'll be posted to various, uh, various uh, outlets 
when I start working on the next ones next week. So, uh, or you could just pull up some of Mr. Rogers shows and take a look. Yeah. Good uh, people. Be- before we go on, uh, would it possibly be tech be who you are, not what others want you to be? No, um, okay. that's it's, still a good it's one. close, but it's, it, that's still a good one. Hmm. Um, I think the one that I remember growing up was probably predicated on that base. No worries. So, um, like I said, uh, there've been, there's been, uh, there's been stuff, uh, that's, that's been very, very, uh, very unhappy in the news. Uh, I want to touch on a couple of them very briefly and then kind of go into the, the actual topic because again, it's one of these things where it's all tangentially related. I don't know if I said it right or not. I don't care at this point. Uh, and as opposed to, you know, starting down the main, I want to kind of hit a couple of items real quick. Um, starting off with you, Joseph, because I, I cannot for the life of me believe that this time the news did not make it your way about that teacher. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been. Uh, it got to me through my actually my workplace uh, my, my colleagues talking about it <laughs> because uh, I've been in my own bubble for a while but uh, yeah um, well what can I say about it I mean uh, well the quick and dirty synopsis just so that uh, we, we kind of know what we're talking about oh you want to review yeah well basically um, I forget the name of the town but um, uh, a teacher was assassinated for uh, showing pictures of Muhammad in the class. It was a, it was a class on um, about free speech, and uh, the teacher apparently before. It's funny they have different versions um, because basically one of the students' teachers in this class uh, called after and he told the school that there he told uh, I'm not sure who the call was to but sorry you're gonna have to fill in the blanks for that but anyways he complained about it and uh, his story was that the teacher had um, told all the Muslim students to leave and the school's version of the story is that and the other students their version of the story is that he gave them the option to leave. um because uh, the teacher said he was showing some pictures that were um, that may offend some. So, anyways, so uh, it was basically he was. I think he was showing. There are some 14th century depictions of Muhammad before the, the ban on um, iconic representation was put into place, and uh, that's basically what it was showing. It was showing the. Of the control of speech and all that. And uh, so anyways, yeah, one of the students stayed and uh, complained to her father. So this call the, the, the school got, or whoever got, and uh, well, that was the complaint. And a couple weeks after, the teacher was assassinated by uh, uh, an 18-year-old. Uh, actually, the teacher had their head cut off.
you know, LA, you and the perpetrator was shot. And that's also you can find that on video. It's a uh, it's a chilling reminder. Um, I mean, when we got started on this show all those years ago, we talked about stuff like this a lot. And lately, uh, of course, like with a lot of shows that start down that road, you know, things have gotten very political as of late, given understandable circumstances. But, you know, just because, you know, we're so focused on that kind of stuff, the world is still turning, you know, outside of that bubble. And that there is just, you know, that's a chilling reminder of why we got started in this kind of stuff in the first place is to prevent that level of crazy from. Yeah. From proliferating. Yeah. From, from existing in its own way. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Forgive me for chuckling. Uh, something was put into our chat that caught me a little off guard and, and just trust me when I say it's, it's, it's chuckle worthy on that one. Um, we also ended up having, uh, something and, uh, just, just so you guys know, uh, this one is going to be more directed for, uh, Bridget and Joey because, well, it'll, it'll make sense in a, in a couple of moments. We had, um, a, a citizens militia group. And I use the term loosely because, well, um, these guys aren't exactly what you would call uh, well-regulated, unless you consider that the well-regulation part is probably for their cholesterol levels, which are probably on the higher side of why. Um, they wanted to, they were conspiring to uh, kidnap, abduct the uh, Michigan governor for the whole, we want to keep you safe, so... Let's stop interacting with each other socially. And these idiots wanted to, uh, according to the sheriff, perhaps all they wanted to do was to execute, bad choice of words perhaps, a felony arrest under some supposed legality that somehow or other I don't think holds any water. And, well, the expectation was, from all the information that was gathered, thank you, FBI, was that she would have been abducted, she would have been put onto something resembling a trial. I believe the expression is uh, kangaroo court, I could be wrong, and then um, summarily executed. So that's all well and good, I say tongue-in-cheek, and the reason why I want Joey and Bridget to chime up on this one, because several of the people who are involved and who are under arrest for this and under indictment for this are ex-military, including Marines. So, knowing that, and knowing the oath that you would have taken for, um, uh, I believe the expression is for uh, defending the Constitution, 
I'm huh. kind of wondering. Uh, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing very highly here. I'm kind of wondering what you guys have got to say about this or what you feel about this kind of thing. I mean, we, we took an oath that we would uphold and defend the Constitution. And it just, it blows my mind that we have these unregulated militias that, you know, they were actually very close at pulling this off. I was and afraid you were about to say pull the trigger on this. Thank you. Uh, and, <laughs> and I read, you know, actually went back and read the text of the indictments and, you know, all the information that it gathered and these people had actually found her other home that she normally goes to. Completed surveillance. They made IEDs to try to, you know, uh, distract law enforcement away from her house. And we're very close to pulling this off. And then they ended up wanting to kidnap this other governor. Sorry. And then I forget the state, but um, he was in included on their list as well. Joe, the reason why I also wanted to get uh, yours on this one is because one of the people that was mentioned in one article that I was reading was uh, waiving uh, some court proceeding or whatever the hell it was uh, and, and staying in, uh, staying in, staying in jail or whatever, whatever the case was being. So my, my thing about this and the reason why I want to hit you on this one is with all that we've dealt with thus far, the idea that there could be potentially federal charges and knowing how wonderfully loose and goosey the head honcho has been with saying, you know what, I'll just go ahead and, and stay those federal charges for you. I kind of wonder if maybe, just maybe, that could come down the pike and how you, as somebody who was also military and took several for the team, would feel about such a thing? I get where the where people like this come from because I've heard this kind of fucking. Sorry. Don't no. Um, At this point, don't worry about it. All things considered, with this, go for it. I don't care. I've, really, I've heard this kind of rhetoric before. Well, I took an oath to defend defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Yeah, and you know what? You also took an oath to obey the laws of, as silly as it might seem, the laws of war. You also uh, agreed to escalation force, uh, rules of engagement, all that. So, again... We have somebody who's cherry picking out of whatever book they want to uh, be looking into. Oh, gee, where have, where have we you seen heard, this tactic yeah. before? Took the words now, right out of my mouth. What what tickles me is that anybody who thinks that Trump is going to rescue 
I, I'm, I'm. Use trying. it. Use it. Use it. I know where you're going. Do it. No, no, no. No. I'm, yes. I, let me finish my thought, damn it. Why? Because it's my turn to speak. You've had yours. He's <laughs> is, is, is right. Sorry? No, he's right. Um, I don't want to resort to name calling here. So I'm just going to say this fella, if he, if he even dreams that Trump is going to try to step in to help him out, I've got a little thing for you. You see, there is a little a little thing called the UCMJ. And it's a funny thing about the UCMJ. You see, just because you get out of the military doesn't mean you're exempt from it. Acts that can be considered war crimes... Yeah, there is no statute of limitations as far as the DUCMJ is concerned. For those of you who are wondering why I keep using those uh, four letters, Uniform Code of Military Justice, a system of laws and legal proceedings that are completely separate from our civil law. And to say that the... Rules, regulations, and punishments involved with UCMJ are mm, somewhat, shall we say, draconian, is to put it lightly. They're also very damn effective. So, uh, yeah, here's the thing. Uh, <coughs> uh, Mr. El Presidente doesn't really have a whole lot of sway with the UCMJ, because he's not the one who calls the shots on it. Oh, I, I'm sorry, but I'm having a flashback to that uh, that lady that was in the car going to church and saying that she was covered in the blood of Jesus. Yeah. I can actually hear this dude talking to somebody on the news going, I'm covered in the blood of Donald Trump, as if to say, like, you know, he, he will be he will be vindicated. He will be pardoned you know the, the same kind of delusion that the the lady was thinking uh yeah and the guy may you know trump may make promises of pardons and all that but the thing is is that courts uh, even military courts they know how to make it happen lickety split mm -hmm. or take their sweet freaking time and, well, and, and if the other trump's not too. in office when it finally gets to 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 the before the judge and everything. Yeah, good and, luck. Yeah, and and, yeah. and as as a slight aside, um, covered in the blood of of Donald Trump. I, I don't remember blood being yellow, but I mean, I might be kind of tipping back to a much older news my, cycle. My well, well, okay, actually, you know, if oh boy, I cannot believe I'm going here. Oh, real quick though, no. my final my final point yeah. is this. The UCMJ ain't your homegrown, uh, cuddly wuddly, uh, justice department. You see, uh, UCMJ, yeah, um, we don't do lethal injection, we don't do life imprisonment. Um, no, we still have hanging and firing squads on the books. 
keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, to the best of my recollection, the original, the original, and only death penalty for a civilian in the Constitution originally was for, um, oh God, what the hell was uh shit? What was the term uh, for um, treason? That was the only one on the books originally. So, yeah. And let's not forget, even if somebody was pardoned by El Presidente and they accepted it, that means that they are still guilty. Because you can't be pardoned. Oh, oh, that reminds me. Thank you for reminding me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no such thing as double jeopardy under UCMJ. Wait, wait what? Oh, yeah. You know wrong. There's no such thing as double jeopardy under UCMJ. <laughs> um, That's troublesome to me. But effective. Mm-hmm. Well, so it was a 45 to the back of the skull, but I mean, I don't know that I necessarily particularly care for that idea, but that's just me. Well, if you had to choose between a 22 or a 45 to the back of the skull, I think I'd rather have the 45 because I know it would get the job done. It'll cure what else, yeah. Well, I, was, I wasn't referring in terms of like suicide. And, and by the way, people, if you know somebody who's suicidal, please ha- reach out, get help, uh, let them know that you're there from that sort of thing. I meant in terms of like a firing squad. You know, for doing something heinous. Do I want the 22 or do I want the 45? I don't want to live through the first shot. I I was going to say more, more of it as it, as it may sound, there are some things you really don't want to live through. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. And meanwhile, you got me thinking back to uh, the movie running scared back in 89 with Billy Crystal. You know what? I'd much rather get a movie. I'd much rather get shot with one of those pissant 22s than with my 38. (laughs) That's. Some, um, I'll, I'll need to, to link a clip to that, that movie again. Yeah, that was that was that was a good movie. That was a good movie. Back when Jimmy Smith was still a drug runner, instead of president of the United States of America. Yeah, you you guys might want to look that one up. That's or uh, you know, that's, that's um, King of Alderaan. They uh, well, yeah, yeah. Got a little hot under the collar for that one though, if I remember right. But you know, it's, it, it is what it is. All right, so here's the deal. The reason why I wanted to kind of go down those briefly, these problems, these two in particular, are because of, well, mob mentality. It's kind of hard to ignore that. Ideological... (sighs) You know, I, I... all right. I know I really try. I, I, I say it all the time. I really try to be like a professional with dealing with all this whole damn thing, but I, I'm feeling far more like just a panelist for a minute. I know that sounds kind of stupid to put it this way, but this is kind of the way that works in my head. I still, for the life of me, cannot understand that there are people in this world that band together for the express the explicit reason 
of finding people who are the out group. And, well, unaliving them. To borrow a line from Deadpool. It's a long story. I I can understand that there are people who want to blame and shame people. For reasons, usually. But it comes down to people want to gather in groups with the explicit position of they are not part of our group, they need to die? I'm sorry. I don't get that. You think about what's going on out there, though, these days with all the fear and rage. Like, okay, dial it back a couple of decades, a few decades. You've got ba- you've got groups like the KKK. They were the kind of the same thing. They they banded together to target a particular group of people who had a slightly different skin tone than uh, than members of, of said group. Yeah, uh, with the purpose of making sure they knew their place by any means necessary. And in some cases that did involve some pretty heinous acts, you know, and and again, I'm being delicate here, but I mean, let's face it. These guys were, they were bullies. They were killers. They were assaulters. They, they were, they were everything. I would not go that far because they, they weren't, they weren't going after criminals. They were, they were going after anybody who was different. You know, most vigilantes, okay. Vigilante in the context I think of are people who, you know, uh, they are okay, not but, law enforcement, but they do the job that law enforcement isn't able to do. Yeah. Isn't able to, or should be able to in that person's mind. And okay. Having said that, I might've just, uh, I might've just contradicted myself there. But you got groups like that. And I mean, these days, I mean, be, before a lot of this happened, I mean, stand-up comics were treating those guys like a joke because they, they really are. Because you know th- that which they stand for is so stupid. You know, the, yeah. the, the purity of the white race. Give me a break. <laughs> you know? <laughs> The period of the white race started the same place as everybody else's in Africa. Yeah. But now, hold on. hmm? (laughs) I I, I understand the whole give me a break as a Jew, (laughs) not a practicing one, just culturally speaking here. I gave up religion a while ago. Yeah, I I was Um, getting to that, actually. But but culturally speaking, as a Jew, I actually do understand something about their mentality of their worry about their purity, their worry about um, uh, the way they see it of basically being wiped off the map, that sort of thing, blending in and losing their identity. Sure. Is it a bunch of malarkey? Yeah, I've got Irish, Italian, and a bunch of other things going on. So anyway... (laughs) Uh, yeah, it, it really is. It, it's, it's something that they shouldn't have to worry about. It's something that nobody should have to worry about because we're all human beings on this planet and we're all one people. 
regardless of skin color, ethnicity, uh, you know, where on the planet we grew up from, who our parents were, we're all human beings. And that's something that we've forgotten. But for some, it's drilled into them at a very early age before they have the ability to think, use their logic and reasoning skills for themselves. It's the same way with religions. Okay. You, You get them while they're young. And because their parents before them and their parents before them and their parents before them, it takes on a life of its own. There are plenty of examples where white supremacists, uh, especially in this country, have sat down and talked and come away and ceased to be a white supremacist. There was that one uh, black uh, minister or pastor that uh, like, did that with like 200 plus yeah. KKK members. That his, name, his name was Daryl Davis, and he's actually just a blues mu- musician. That's all oh, he was. A blues musician. I thought he, I thought he was a reverend. Nope. At least as far, not as far as I know. I thought he dressed like one anyway. Uh, It may just be that may just be perspective. But the point is, is that he sat down with them and he met them on their terms. You know, he met them at their bars and roadhouses and things like that. And he sat and he listened to them. And in turn, he spoke to them and had them listen to him and he validated them. And then he had them validate him. And he showed them respect, and in turn, they ended up, whether they wanted to or not, they ended up showing him respect. But it happened over conversation. It happened over calm. And that is something that this current administration doesn't allow for. That is something that a lot of groups aren't allowing either. I have said it before in the past over however hundreds of shows that we've had, that when you have a group, one side yelling, Whether the other side is yelling or not is immaterial. When you have just one side yelling, the listening has stopped. And the yelling has been, even before the pandemic, been escalating. And it's not just Antifa. It's not just the white supremacists. We've seen it in every single movement. Groups that uh, I've associated with have done it. And much to shame for that. Um splinters of those groups, you know, uh, going, Oh, you guys are yelling. We're going to go off and do our own little thing over here. And that's how groups tend to break up and become other little, uh, fragments around and around and around. If you're yelling, you're not listening. And there is a whole lot of yelling going on. And when you listen to some of the candidates, they're, spoken they're using calm language they're addressing people respectfully they're not trying to get people stirred up uh in most cases in some topics there is a little bit of stirring up because there is a need to get a little bit of uh there's a difference between giving a little bit of a gr- uh, of energy to a group and then basically yelling bomb in a movie theater big difference in energy levels Getting somebody a little bit excited about something, that might be a good thing, especially when used, you know, in moderation. Using it nonstop with as much energy and force as you can put behind it, you're going to get flash mobs. You're going to get riots. You're going to get a lot of things. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, hold hold that thought because, um, Joseph, I want to kind of bring this over your way again. Um, 
kind of talking about that. Uh, you you remember? Um, oh Jesus! When the hell was it? Was it um, was that fourteen or sixteen when uh, uh, Charlie Hebdo uh, attack happened? Uh, I forget which year it was, but it was. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, you know, we we kind of talked about it a little bit at the time, but twenty fifteen. 15. Oh, see that? I was I was right around it. 14, 15, 16. Uh, can't hit the target. All right. Yeah. But that that's kind of the same thing. Uh, well, uh, sorry. There's something analogous to that. This is why um, you know, I want to take the, the conversational I want to take the conversation a bit further down the rabbit hole because I mean basically what we need to look at is I mean um, why humans are open to beliefs like that and why we are so credulous and um, yeah we have to get to understanding ourselves more I mean we're seeing that it's like history of repeating um, to continue like what uh, what Tech was just saying, um, you know, you're getting the action-reaction kind of thing, but what to look at underneath that is that um, if you take somebody who can reason, um, let's just say the, the road to anger is uh, a lot longer, and usually anger comes about only after all possibilities of reason have been exhausted. Whereas uh, somebody who lives in a survive by imitation mode, um, you know, anything outside of the bubble is um, seen as a, as a danger and probably will instill a panic response or some, some extreme sort of response. So when we're looking at politics these days, we have people dictating to other people they should or should do or should or should think. And then other people in the same mindset being offended by it. And, um, yeah, then you get the reactions. And, I mean, uh, at the politician level, uh, where you got politicians fighting each other because they're, whatever the other's saying doesn't correspond to their, quote-unquote, worldview, worldview or imitation bubble, whatever you want to call it. And then you have all their followers... Um, basically executing their orders or reacting to their their reactions. So you need both a leadership and a followership in this mindset for this kind of situation to arise. Yet if anybody doesn't want to uh, acknowledge the fact of that, I mean, we, we talked about it last week. Uh, at this point, right now here in the United States, the Republican Party, who is the one that Donald Trump is the head of currently because because he's president, which is just daft to me. Anyway, they've already decided that their platform for the party has nothing to do with economic ideals. It has no idea on anything other than, quite literally, whatever Mr. Trump wants to do is what we're for. I'm paraphrasing it because... I don't know exactly how they worded it, but it doesn't really much matter. That is what it comes down to. 
So to say, to 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 ever wonder, well, no, there can't be just a a, a guy at the head and just it, fanatical uh, people behind and following along. No, that's that's exactly where we find ourselves currently. And to say that this is not like post World War One Germany is absolutely daft. That's exactly what I wanted to say earlier. Uh, if you want to know what the Weimar Republic was like before Hitler rose to power, I think we're getting a pretty good, uh, um, uh, yeah, real-life uh, reenactment right now. And there is one thing I just need to get off my chest real quick. Yeah. Anybody who's listening to this happens to be a member of the group? Uh, Jews we- for Trump? You guys need to go talk to your grandparents, okay? And have a serious conversation. All right? Get some latkes, get some matzah, get some wine, whatever. But you've forgotten your history. You really have. And you people make me ashamed of my heritage. Yeah, we've talked about this on too damned many occasions. Joey has reminded us on too damn many occasions. If you want to... Okay. Joe, back and forth with me on this one just a little bit. Uh, world, uh, post-World War I Germany. Um, one of the biggest things was the economy was in an absolute freefall because they needed to make restitution for World War I, so they basically just printed money. Um... That sounds very similar to what's currently going on. There wasn't a war per se, but there's the constant ramp up of more and more and more money into the dot mill category that can't be paid off anytime really soon. These two sound very analogous to each other, you think? Joe? I think he's got his headset turned off, too. Oh, well, I just looked over at the thing, and he said he's going to be right back. Well, mm. that just sucks for me, because I was... Okay, you know what? Any other any other uh, history buffs uh, want to go ahead and say yes or no on that one so far? Honestly, I don't have enough... Uh, I, I, I don't know enough about post-World War One Germany, except that well, I had a history teacher who said that uh, World War II was really not much more than just the continuation of World War I after a uh, a big pause. Mm. And hmm? from a nationalist point of view, yeah, but they 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 tried to paint it like that because I mean, uh, World War One. Um, it's funny. Yeah, it, it was. I was helping my brother. Uh, uh, with his university, uh, with a paper he's writing for the university, and it happened to be on the the first Versailles, uh, the Treaty of Versailles, the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Germany was basically humiliated. Um, they had a debt that would probably the the German people would be paying probably beyond their grandchildren's lifetime, and uh, uh, yeah, and it was also. Uh, was a bit of an industrial crisis. But I mean, um, 
you know, you, you really, to, to understand that, I mean, you have to look at the context of the times, too, because uh, it was uh, a recession after the World War. Um, and it's kind of like the, the economic state was uh, kind of like what it is now, uh, which means the industrials had all the wealth and um, the public were, well, the working poor, which is, for me, just the form of slavery. Um, yeah, they were feeling downtrodden um, by the industrialists at the time. Industrials? What do you, what do you say? I'm no, you're, you're right. Industrialists. Okay. And, um, yeah, they were feeling downtrodden. So, of course, the leaders uh, of the time, uh, well, they shifted all of this um, frustration onto, uh, well, the, onto others. You know, the fact that Germany was humiliated uh, and they, they found the scapegoat. Um, you know, they're, they're tirade, tirade, sorry, against the Jews. Um, yeah, basically it's the others. And I mean, it's the same thing going on now. I mean, you've got, um, look at the state of things in the United States. I mean, um, the, dis the wealth disparity, I mean, it's the stage is set exactly the same way. Yep. You've got a uh, middle class, which has been practically emptied, who is suffering. And, uh, well, what's the leadership doing? Well, finding other people to blame it on. Yep. Um, anything that would be uh, towards helping the public good, those funds keep getting whittled away and whittled away and whittled away for, uh, for example, uh, for public health care, for public education, those numbers keep getting whittled away and you need to work better with less money that you've got. Well, and, and not even that also the fact that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the jobs that would generate the kind of money that people could have to get this kind of stuff, basically to maintain a national economic base, they're not there anymore because they were all outsourced so that the corporate elites could rake in like tons of profits by having their shoes or their iPhones or their anything made by people and paying them 50 cents a day if they were lucky and then having it shipped over here to a consumer base who is marketed the hell out of and Oh, you can't afford $1,200 for the iPhone, uh, fuck your wallet edition here. Let, Without let's, adap adapter. Yeah. Let, let's put you on a payment plan. That'll just put you in our clutch or sorry, that'll help finance you. And you can just pay it off later at 3000% interest. Now, is there any effective difference between their not being jobs if the jobs have been voluntarily removed from the public versus the jobs no longer exist because the countryside has been bombed to hell by aircraft. There is a difference. Absolutely. There is a difference because when the, when the jobs have been bombed from the aircraft, it usually means that, you know what? They were here. They need to be here again. So let, 
when the bombing stops, let's rebuild. When right. the jobs are voluntarily taken away by some corporate guy who says, you know, instead of making $5 billion, I could make $6 billion if I outsource my widget refining system to China. And, or actually, no, strike that. I can make, instead of making $4 billion, I can make $5 billion if I outsource my pharmaceutical manufacturing company to China, what's the worst that could happen? And there's part of the problem. And then the other part of it came knocking, and we found out exactly what could happen. The other thing that happens is um, you see companies who didn't want to give up certain things, like IBM not wanting to give up. Uh, like, uh, God, my brain farted because I haven't said the word in such a long time. Retirement plans. Um, But they ultimately had to to stay competitive because so many other companies had given up retirement plan offerings that they couldn't keep um, certain profit margins unless they got rid of those retirement plans and took the money that would have gone into a retirement plan and put it instead into the shareholders into the three letter and four letter or three letter acronyms. So that should actually be four letters in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but the point is, is, is that um, a lot of companies ended up getting rid of things that benefited their employees that showed the loyalty to the employees of their companies and they claimed it was to stay competitive. And in some cases it was, and in other cases it was used as an excuse because it could be. And because the people allowed it to happen and in, and and it really is on the people as a whole that it allowed it to happen. That's, that's really, uh, it, 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 it's, it's a fine line, of course, because when you have no job and you need a job and you've got Walmart, you know, and we all know what kind of company Walmart, how they treat their employees and not in the positive way, but you've got food to put on the table and a roof to keep over your head. Sometimes people bite the bullet. It, it, it's a tricky how to keep the corporations in check. Yeah. And when you have politicians who aren't keeping the corporations helping to, you've got even more problems. Joseph. Well, yeah, and in many cases, yeah. they're helping those corporations. Hold on. Joseph. But in all that, also, you have to, you're calling it a fine line, but um, you, we really have to look at where the line is, and I really think it's between um, uh, somebody who depends on the system um, to tell them what they can and can't do, what they should or shouldn't do. Um, yeah, well, Somebody like that, you know, working for biting the bullet and working for Walmart is one thing. But I mean, somebody else who has uh, gotten into the habit of thinking for themselves in that kind of situation is something quite other. Somebody who knows, um, you know, why they have no other option. Because I think there's a lot of people that uh, look at the Trump voters voting against their own their own interests. I mean, they don't seem to have the ability to really understand their their own plight. 
you've got people who understand their own plight and you've got people who don't, basically. So, you know, if you understand your own plight and you have to work at Walmart, well, things are pretty fucking desperate. Um, I'm almost resembling that remark, to be honest. Yeah. Because I'm in a position now where I've, I've been out of work since January. Um, probably might've had a job very early on in the year if it hadn't been for the pandemic. Still looking, still, you know, putting out five, six job ads a day. When I can, I'm not hearing anything back from anybody. And yeah, I'm starting to look at some of those, maybe not the best option, but might not have any other option type of job like Walmart or like there's this one pyramid scheme that I might want to go back and revisit, even though I don't want to become a salesman, but I might not have a choice. And and you think now with the pandemic, with so many businesses closing, like I can't remember how many it was in, in New York City alone. I think it was like two thirds of the small businesses that have closed because of this are not coming back. They, they, the, the people who started those businesses could not afford to keep them afloat in these lean times. They ended up shutting down. They don't have the capital to even try to think about restarting them. And at this point right now, it doesn't look like New York's going to be open anytime soon anyway, for obvious reasons. So what do those people do? You, you've, got, you've got people who are, who are scared, who are desperate. And when they see people like Whitmer and others saying, we're going to stay locked down, they stop there. They don't hear the rest of it where, you know, where she tries to justify it because we're trying to limit the spread or we're trying to keep you safe. They don't hear that because how can they be safe if they don't have any money and they could be kicked out on the street the next day because the landlord doesn't care whether or not you're working because there's 500 people behind you that have the money that they want. Yeah. And hold, hold on that for a second because this kind of this kind of keeps going the um the economic part that i was going for was the difference between outsourcing versus getting bombed out yeah exactly right it's worse when it's freely given away for the explicit idea of earning more for yourself later but with the with the economic part also there is another piece that also rolls us back into post post world war 1 germany uh, which, by the way, one second, really quickly, uh, Stephanie had pointed out correctly, um, uh, the classic use a wheelbarrow to take your pay to the shops on your way home to get food while your money is enough to buy it. For anybody that doesn't know about the German hyperinflation situation, that is not hyperbole. That was quite real. It was not unusual for the price of a loaf of bread from the morning to the afternoon to no longer be the same amount of money and be out oh. of range of some people to buy. It's coming. Yeah. Now with you guys, with the trillions of dollars you guys have put out in stimulus and stuff. I mean, it was a short term fix, but there are going to be consequences. Yeah. And what was that inflation? I mean, we really have to look at it because I mean, um, the, the inflation 
is has nothing to do with government. They, you know, the government has to no, deal you're... with it one way or another. But it, it has to do, uh, once again, we're going to the, the mentality of the masses. Because, um, yeah, you're, uh, you're, going ex- you're going almost uh, almost exactly where I was taking this to. The problem becomes where those insecurities and those fears start to grab their way into the populace. What happened back then was... You need a boogeyman to blame everything on instead of internalizing it and working with it. For Germany, it was the outsiders. It was the Jews. It was the gypsies. It was those that were not the racially pure. Sorry? It was the non-conformists. The, the racial mm-hmm. pure part is just uh, a cosmetic add-on. Yep. The low people and the high people. Yep. Well, no, 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 no. It's people because... Germany, they like Hitler, and um, it, it's possible that Hitler wasn't even the source of all this shit. He was just oh no, Hitler! If uh, Hitler just continued what was already going on, well, yeah, he, he was. Made, he made it worse. <laughs> he was pandering because it's basically the industrialists who wanted just their their source of cheap labor to continue, so they can continue making their profits. But um, yeah. Basically, Hitler wanted uh, a complacent, uh, believing people. Just you know, he wanted to decide what the country should be. He wanted to decide for others instead of them deciding for themselves. And that's it. Uh, basically, everybody in his camps were those who would not conform to this centralized, uh, well, dictatorship, whatever you want to call it. Yep. And what ended up happening was they chose a boogeyman to blame everything on and to unite the people because nothing unites people more than having a common enemy, it would seem. And the nationalist, nationalist, yes, I'm saying it right. The nationalist call to arms, so to speak, was stoked by, as was said, Hitler. He was an orator who basically said, follow me. We'll go after the boogeyman together, and then prosperity will abound. But once again, we have to underline, it's only going to unite people who will now take responsibility or think to their own existence. It works only on them, and anybody uh, actually thinking for themselves is an outlier. And we're kind of in this situation now. I mean, people who are taking responsibility for their own survival, who are fully aware of what's happening to them, they're a minority. And, and if things continue to escalate, they're going to be targeted once again. And that's exactly the same thing that's happening here. The boogeyman is, well, the other side. It well, doesn't even have to be... Atheist. I'm sorry? Atheist. No, no, no. Well, that's the, just one example. Like, uh, okay, how, how, you know what? You're you, you're right, and I, I'm sorry. I it's the same mindset. That's all I want to say. No, and 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 you're quite right. As a matter of fact, I I should have I, I should have grabbed onto that one also, because the what I'm talking about of the other side, politically speaking, here in the U.S., it's doesn't really matter who you're talking to, unfortunately, because. In a lot of cases, it's the other side. 
doesn't matter what the what the argument is. There is the common boogeyman that you want to go after in order to deal with things. And unfortunately, when you're the ones in the most power and you go ahead and you ramp up the nationalist jingo and you claim that there is the boogeyman that must be eradicated for the good of all so that there can be peace and prosperity prosperity i can talk and we'll make everything better again it's exactly the same damn thing what it's joseph but um this this one thing just i'd like to underline here is the dynamic that's going on it's really you have a greater um you have a majority telling the minority quote unquote what they are i mean like how many times have you seen like the atheist experience like um uh, evangelists calling into the show and, you know, they have their definition of atheism and they have their, they were told that atheists are X, Y, sorry, lots of different, uh, X, Y, Z. No, that's, that's perfectly and, fine. And you're, and you're right. Exactly. And during the second world war, well, what do you have? You have the leadership telling what Jews quote unquote are with their fucking you know, propaganda, hook nose, uh, whatever. Yeah. They're bunkers and shit. And I mean, it's exactly the same dynamic. And we, all through history, probably since probably 2,000 years, um, they've been getting better and better at it. Because uh, nowadays, you don't need religion to do that kind of shit. You just need uh, a means of communication and a message. Yeah. But back onto the religion part, and, and staying away from the political part for a second... Exactly what happened in France is almost exactly the same thing. Just take the economics out of it. The teacher did not agree with the way that the, uh, the, the Muslim community thought should be behavior. And because of that, because it was a threat to their, their rules of behavior, they decided that Punishment had to be made for whatever this boogeyman represented, which technically was um, art appreciation, um, appreciation of what qualifies as moral behavior. No, they were showing, he was showing, the teacher was showing examples of, uh, um, of works that have offended people in the past, basically. Right. Like, um, some of the works that were written that were actually, some of the works that were actually burned by, uh, uh, by the fascists, uh, examples like that. And, uh, I think Muhammad was, these depictions of Muhammad was one of them. And I think part of the explanation was that it didn't make any sense because, um, you know, before the, I think it was the 15th century or 14th century, I forget. But uh, depictions of Muhammad were perfectly allowed. And they actually, yeah, they're going against their own rules. So anyway, so he's basically trying to explain the, the irrationality of it all. Right. And where I was coming from was uh, the idea that it wouldn't have mattered if they were looking at it from the standpoint of art appreciation or morality or historical use of specific pigments or canvas. It, it wouldn't have mattered. It was a matter that this was against 
their their doctrine, their their ideological position of how people should comport themselves, and apparently the punishment for not following our rules of how to live, well, apparently is no longer to live. I just like just I'm kind of go, going off on a tangent here because I mean I'd, I'd really like to understand the human behavior aspect of this more. And if I had access to an fMRI, um, I would like to see what goes on in the brain of somebody like uh, um, a Muslim um, well extremist or somebody integrist. I don't know what you call it. Somebody extremely into the religion, you know, what would happen if you actually, what happens in the brain if you actually show them a picture of Muhammad or you or somebody speaking against? I actually, would, uh, sorry, sorry, I'll, I'll let you finish. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 but that, that's about it. That's all. Yeah. I, I, I would like to actually see what goes on in the brain of, you know, people submitted the same questionnaire, people from a rational. <sighs> yeah. I'd, I'd like to see which parts of the brains are working because, I mean, we can't read other people's minds, and like I'm doing my best to observe human behavior and just draw some conclusions from that. But uh, you know, like, personally, I'd like to see that um, expanded out just from religious reactions. I'd like to see that with some of the social uh, things that we see these days. Like you know, okay, you know, one bad thing about being unemployed is social media is a guilty pleasure slash I really have nothing else to do and I'm caught up on all my web comics. So what else am I going to look at? And to, to see how some people react and how they are breaking their fingers on their keyboards from typing so hard or tapping on their touch screens, a uh, reference from last night. I'd, I'd like to see that same thing. That, that, that's, yeah, doom scrolling. That's exactly what I do these days. And that probably explains why I'm not, the, I'm not the sunny, cheerful individual that you guys always knew me for. I'm, I'm a bit of a grouch these days. Doom, but, doom but what, yeah. But what I'd like to see is like what you said, Joseph, about hooking somebody up to one of these, uh, like this fMRI that you said. And, you know, okay. Let's put a leftist in one of these things and let's make them sit through a Trump rally, a, a televised Trump rally where they can't switch it off, where they have to sit and listen, and let's see the reactions. Conversely, let's take a Trump supporter or an extreme right winger, plop in that same chair, make them watch a Joe Biden uh, rally or town hall, or I'm, you, you know, just to see, I wonder if going through that, we could we could somehow key into why this is happening so much, what the reactions are, and maybe from there we can find out that, okay, maybe there's something we can do about this. Well, Not necessarily from a medical perspective, but maybe just from some other approach. Well, like, it's still a critical thought, but I mean, what you what you described there is actually perfect because I think you're going to see the same reaction in the brain, this kind of like uh, panic reaction or panic or adversion reaction or anyways, it's going to be the um, amygdala is going to be triggered. 
um, in both the left and the right. Um, because, you know, you've got leftists who are triggered by certain people, and you've got the right that are triggered by certain people. I think dividing the line between left and right, I, I think it's almost illusory. Um, because I think the line should be driven. Really, it should be the line should be between people of a rational mindset and people who are just, they're reacting, not thinking. Well, and that's the other part too, is, is to also have as like a control group, somebody who, you know, maybe looks at both sides of it and goes, you're all nuts. You well, know? that's basically our conclusion right now. No. Well, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you, you want to use me for, for a test, you know, to, to be the control group. Fine, hook me up. I've been enough. I've been in enough of these diagnostic machines to know how they work. Well, you can or, do that <laughs> independently. You can you can just basically fact check everything, and <clears throat> from um, not independently. What I want to say. Um, oh, what's the word? Um, subversive. Um, sure, go with that. No, no, it's not no subjective. <coughs> objective, but as, as objectively as possible. Because if you just fact check, you can trace everything back to its source. Right? Yeah. If if if, a, if somebody's proposal is based in reason, it's going to hook up to something in reality. But if somebody's uh, proposal is as far back as you can go, is just somebody else said this, and I believe them. Well, yeah. Uh Bridget, I want to I want to kind of hit you up on this a little bit because this is this is suddenly a very fascinating thing. Um, I know that you don't have uh, you don't have any uh, specialty with um, uh, fMRI uh, readings or machinery or anything like that, but I I, I want to kind of tap you on this one from the idea of being a for lack of a better way of putting it, being a much more blue personality in a much more red environment. That that sounds about right for you. Your overall position, I think. Probably, hon. You did say that you were back. Sorry, they are. Yeah, I'm. I was back. Sorry, I just forgot to unmute. That's okay. I mean that that uh, I've I've pretty well stated this out correctly for you, right? Um. Yeah. Um. My husband, daughter, and I feel like tiny blue dots in a sea of red, and it's really frustrating. Okay, so here's uh, here's the the reason why I wanted to ask you about this one. Going under the idea of if we were to use fMRI, uh, in order to watch how people reacted who were otherwise left or right leading individuals, watching an opposite uh, an opposite group talk. Again, lack of a better way of putting it, I'm really wondering. And and I I may be I may be kind of projecting just a little bit, but I'm really wondering if, as an overall, if it were averaged out, I'm I'm being real cagey on this one. I'm sorry. Those who were more blue leaning, listening to the rhetoric on the left, and I'm going to use the same terminology back and forth, would reflect more analytical listening of what was being said versus a 
red-leaning individual listening to a blue rhetoric, but that perhaps it would show, instead of more analytical, more... Now, here's the problem. Try to figure out what the right term... um what the right term for it would be. Um, I, 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 it's not the right word I'm looking for, but avoidance is kind of where I'm going overall of, um, of deflection of, of refusal to be even analytical, to be dismissive. I don't know what the right terminology is that I'm looking for, but I'm kind of wondering if, if you would think that that would better reflect how the quote-unquote prototypical blue brain versus red brain activity might seem to uh, apply. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering I if would, I've, I've said it in a, in a poor way, too, now. I would think so. The you know, mo- most of the people who would vote blue usually have a better, you know, higher level of education. And a lot of Trump supporters are, you know, white, cis, male. People without any college degrees or anything like that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna piss off some people here, but you know what? Um, go ahead and and go ahead and write me and 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 complain with me. There are a lot of these people that to me seem to be like the beta males playing alpha. That too, and you know, also misogynist as hell. Uh, a lot of people had a. Your problem when Hillary Clinton called them deplorables and maybe she shouldn't have as far as that cost her. But when she said that, but, but it's hard, to, but it's hard to argue with the validity. I mean, she was spot on with what she said. They are deplorable, especially with all of the racism and yeah. the hate and anger and chance of lock her up, which they're now doing towards. Gretchen Whitman. As a reminder, and this was the mayor that we were talking about. Er, sorry, governor. Governor. Governor <laughs> that we were talking about earlier, who just days before this was the one who was part of the plot to be, you know, abducted, assassinated. Right. That the president has not said jack shit about. As far as no. saying you really shouldn't do something like this, don't do that. Yeah, he hasn't hasn't said a word other than, you know, discussing at his latest rally, you know, starting chance of lock her up. And it's like, lock her up for what? Asking people to wear masks? Is that a crime? Trying to tell people stay safe. You remember once upon a time, they actually, they actually, uh, New York State actually, uh, New York City, New York State actually took somebody and and put them under effectively house arrest for the good of the public. Remember that one? Yep. And people got really pissy. Well, not exactly. When you consider that uh, it was um, less than fifty people that uh, she infected, and that was um, 
Well, if memory serves, wasn't that uh, Typhoid Mary, I think was her name? And and at the risk of, again, pissing off people, how many people has this son of a bitch allowed to be infected through his hubris? Hmm. Well, uh, give me a second and I will tell you. You know what? I don't think that you need to. And I'll tell you why. Because if the number is higher than zero... He's a tool. Yeah. Uh, But you know how we had gone over 60,000 cases at one point and people were freaking out over it and all of that. Yeah. A couple of days ago, our rate went back up to over 70,000. I mean, that is getting worse. That is a all too appropriate uh, analog as well. Mary Mallon. Healthy, healthy carrier mm-hmm. of typhoid. Just no symptoms whatsoever. Spread it like a damn wildfire. And, and what refused do we at? to do jack shit about it even when she was told for what the we, good of the country. Well, wasn't the country at that point? Well, after she was told, she literally used it to, quote unquote, punish some people, whether they deserved it or not. But anyway, not exactly the best superpower. Anyway, um, we are definitely looking at that kind of situation here in the, if not already, in the very near future, because. Yes, there are people that will catch COVID who are completely asymptomatic. Worst of all, we are now, we're out of summer. We are now on the cusp of fall to winter. We are in peak flu season now, which means all the more so. Oh, I don't have COVID. I just have a flu. You sure about that? Either way, maybe you should put that mask on and maybe not go to... uh, Maybe not go to the Y and put in your laps in the pool. Yeah. And the other question is, okay, so... Okay, I don't have COVID. I just have the flu. Are you sure? Why don't you go get tested? Can they do that? Uh, well, there are, there are smaller medical places that you can go to these days that have been popping up all over the place because, you know, almost like Starbucks, but it'll cost you about a hundred, 150 bucks. And there it is. Yeah. And in the area I'm in right now, it's a case of they're asking people like, look, if you don't think you've been infected, if you don't think you're around somebody who has been infected, don't come in to get tested at this moment because we don't have a lot of supplies. If you feel like you have the symptoms, you suspect you may have become infected, then do your due diligence and get your butt over here so we can test you. Yeah, and I, have, I your track, have your have your credit card standing by. Yeah, I remember hearing about the 
privatization and monetization of uh, some of these damn testing sites. I mean, uh, hey, it's worked for prisons, right? Well, let's let's also let's also be fair about this one. If you go through the government, typically they will be free, but they are limited in scope, and yes. you have to apply. However, yeah. if you go through the private sector, you kind of have to pay, but you, generally speaking, don't have nearly the same waiting list either. True. Yeah. Which is no. a pain in the goddamned ass because it should be the other way around as far as to who is able to get. Yeah. And, and here's where I put on my, my smug but not so apologetic toque. Oh, and, and uh, rightly so. With the maple leaf on it. I could go, okay, not necessarily tomorrow because the pharmacy I usually go to for that is closed, I think. Sundays, but don't I, blame them. But, but I could go into a pharmacy and say, I'd like a flu shot and I'd like a COVID test. And instead of saying, okay, you know, that'll be X number of dollars, it's basically you want fries with that. Yeah. Like, give us, they, give- they, they, will, they will put me, they will take me into the back room. And like th- th- this one pharmacist at the Rexall at the, at the Peter Lougheed who knows me way too well and knows that I don't like needles because I had to self-administer them from stuff he gave me yeah. many, many times. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll take me in the back. He'll pop that flu shot in because, okay, best damn vaccine giver I've ever had. And I've had a few. He just, he in and out. Yep. And he could also shove that Q-tip up my nose and, you know, I could feel the burn and all of that. And I could walk out of there and I, from the money that, you know, I would have had to pay in the States to get all that stuff done. I go get myself a coffee at the second cup and that's still inside the hospital. If yeah. it was open. When I was up which there. Is not because of COVID. Yeah. When I was up there in Toronto and I was asking about, uh, uh, about the medical stuff because somebody lost a wallet when I was up there for, for an Equinox, whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I opened it up because I was going to be like, you know, well, I need to find some kind of an ID that would, you know, be able to f- help us figure out who it, who it belongs to. I started to pull out a green card. I know it's, it's not the same thing. And one of the guys who was knowledgeable leaned over to see and was just like, put that back. Why? Isn't, isn't this like an ID of, that's a medical ID. Don't go. We can't do anything with that. Leave it alone. Put it back in. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah for you guys, it's like, yeah, but the, the point of it is it's a matter of you've got your medical card. Okay. Let us just go ahead and check it. Boom. Okay. Let's get what you need done. Boom. Done. Yeah. Now that goes to, I know it's a gift base- card. I don't care. You know, no, no, but that's, but that's the baseline healthcare that I've talked about before. But, which but, but no, no, hold, hold, hold right there though. A second. Bridget, if it were a matter of a baseline of healthcare, of even just checking up on somebody just to see how are your levels or stuff? Are you within certain parameters to growing up? Right. Are you, are you, you know, a quick, dirty kind of things versus, Nah, man, just, you know, you're on your own. As a medical professional, which one do you think would be better servicing the society at large? 
I would preventive care for sure. Preventive care lessens the the chance of you getting hit with you know a serious illness that will be more costly in the long run. Yeah. Now the the reason I'm going there, Dylan, is because we know full well that there is a big difference between basically getting checkups and making sure that you know you're doing your diet right, you got your health is overall, your cholesterol levels are not a Crisco bottle, but. You know, it's not necessarily going to specifically help you if you break your arm because somebody went the wrong way around a roundabout and you swung your arm out into traffic. But, you know, you're much more covered than we would be, and that's for damn sure for something like that, stupid. Well, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like I've said before, you know, well, hell, I took a guy to a medicine center, which is, you know, one of these – um walk-in clinics mm-hmm. that we have here. Uh, he had cut off part of his finger. And in this clinic, they took him in the back. They patched him up. There was no, you know, it was like, do you have your health card? Yeah, here's my health card. Okay, da 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 Okay, fine, get out of here. Have a nice day. <laughs> that was it. It's nice to know that super glue still works in these days and ages, you know? You know, say okay. The, the sad I, thing is, I, I joke about that, but seriously, super glue is no, actually no. used in some medical situations. Oh, I know, so. I know. Oh, yeah. And, and the sad thing is, a couple of weeks later, I took the same guy to triage because he dislocated his shoulder. Okay, you can't do anything with with super glue with that. No, but but the fact is, they. <laughs> but they, we they went they, in. They, yeah, they they took he, care of him. He put down. He put down his health card. Uh, to identify who he was, they, it turns out, okay, he's in the system. Good, good, good. Let's get him in the back. There were six physicians around him. It was a training hospital. So good. a lot of them were, yeah, a lot Even of them were, were students. Um, God, but check, th- check this out. X-ray tech to evaluate the situation. Makes sense. Anesthesiologist, put him under. Two guys, pop the shoulder back in place. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. But, but what I'm saying No, though, no, 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 you you you're right, you're, is right, that, you're right. Is that you had an awful lot of people around him, a lot of people who were taking time out of their day. We were there for a couple of hours while this was going on. Well, I mean, yeah, cuz you know, those x-rays aren't exactly going to develop themselves. Oh, wait, they do now. But but all I'm saying is for for something that did not cost either did not cost him out of pocket, that was an awful lot of work being done. Indeed. Um, now, when I say out of pocket, for that baseline insurance for for Alberta Healthcare, which again, that's you know, I I should actually go looking for, you know, what what does what does AHC actually give you? I'll, I'll look up. I'll look that up. Uh, the old the old days where, you know. You, you go. You have the doctor come by. He has a look at you, and you just fix him dinner. Yeah, I, I wish. Um, or you know, shoe his horse. Or yeah, of course, mo- yeah. most docs would take a look at my. Uh, you know, they, they look at what dinner I serve and go like, um, "We're missing something. What's that?" Uh, the ten pounds of vegetables you're supposed to have every day. Uh, right. Yeah, didn't get to the store today. You know, COVID. <clears throat> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Um, but my point is provinces, uh, people in each province do pay for 
that baseline healthcare. I want to say it's very similar to what they tried to do with Obamacare, whereas it was a mandatory thing that everybody had to pay however much it was per month, and it would get you this base level of guaranteed healthcare. Like somebody like Sanders would look at us and go, we need universal healthcare because that's what Canada has. No, we do not have it. What we have, we have a structure in place. Yes, we have a tier of insurance. And I use that term loosely. We have, we have this tier of medical, of healthcare, but we still pay for it. But people who work don't see it because it's just deducted off the paycheck. It's, it's one of the deductions you can claim on your income tax every year. In my province, at the time when oil revenue was through the freaking stratosphere, the government said, you know what? We'll take care of that for you. So that $150 a month that would normally be deducted from a person's paycheck, no, that, that's taken care of. And like right now in my situation, if the government decided to rescind that, I would be on the hook for $150 a month. And believe you me, they'd come after me if I didn't pay it. Yeah. So, but, but, but this is what I'm getting at is, and we don't have a choice in that. We, we pay for it and we get it whether we need it or not. A lot of people rail against it because more freedom or more choice. To which I say, buddy, if you're living the kind of life, like if you've got the kind of lifestyle where $150 a month is seen as an imposition or whatever, uh, yeah, uh, better to have and not need has always been my thing. I like the fact that I can walk into a clinic and not have to worry about my bank balance to see my doctor. Yeah. And, um, uh, I'm going to pause you there because we've, uh, we're running out of time yes. and there's a, there's a, a piece that I wanted to hit early on that uh, we kind of didn't, but we're, we're scrubbing right. really close to it. Um, Bridget, two pieces about, uh, about this. And one of them actually does, uh, line into this one properly. $150 a month, even, even ignoring the, uh, uh the conversion. $150 a month US. I remember when my wife died and I was continuing the insurance that we had at the time was, uh, reminding you, 2000, 2005, $600 a month and change, but rounded, 600 mm -hmm. a month. That comes out to over $6,000 a year. I know, yep. just doing, just doing the simple math. Yeah. For arguably, you know, everything that I could possibly want as far as to medical checkups and, and, and pretty much everything. But at the same time, $600 a month compared to 150, admittedly, you know, let's round it up to $200 a month. Just, just for argument's sake. 
have you any recollection of seeing any any plans from any group here in the states at two hundred dollars a month that will well just for anything at all medically well there are some junk plans that you can get some of our patients have them and they're awful they can still deny pre-existing conditions some of them that i've seen don't cover inpatient care at all only office visits and the worst one that i've ever seen pays a flat rate of $75 per doctor's visit and that's it and uh, you know patients left having to pay the balance and i can tell you that for chemotherapy $75 will not cover chemotherapy it's not even 10% of the cost. No. And, you know, she's younger, working a low-wage service sector type job. And how the hell is she supposed to come up with that money? But she can't afford a real insurance policy. Oh, and the fun way that companies, because I've sat in many meetings where they try to explain this crap. Um, one of the fun ways that companies like to sell it and pitch these plans is, well, you know, the plan may only cover so much, but that's why you have an HSA card, a health savings account. So you can put in the extra money that you're not spending on the plan into the account. And when an emergency, okay, so. Let's let's do a quick little math here. I, I make above minimum wage. Um, I made a decent amount in comparison. Um, I have a child. I have coverage for me and my child. Uh, one year, all the the uh, a company I was working for, the only plans they had to offer because of the groups they decided to go with, not because it wasn't that they couldn't get anything else. It was what they decided to go with to save the company as much money as possible. Remember the company is more important than you are. Mm-hmm. And even under the best plan where I was paying $400 a month. Uh, and that was just for me and one kid. Um, I still qualified for the HSA card and I was dumping in out of uh, pre-taxes as much as I legally could. And at the end of the year, was spending virtually nothing on medical. It only ended up amounting to about $3,000. Yeah, chemo is a lot more expensive than that. How do I know? Because I worked with a guy whose wife went through chemo, mm-hmm. although it didn't end up saving her life. Um, but uh, he had a different plan uh, because he was on her plan with her company rather than our plan in our company. Of course, that all ended when she passed. But the the case in point is, is that uh, these things with these HSA cards and things like that, they're all, they suck. Yeah. If you're a relatively healthy person, you have really good genetics, you don't get sick, you don't get injured, and all the dice roll in your favor for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's money in the bank. But uh, uh, guess have what? A, have a heart attack and boom. Yeah, you're broke. And what was really bad is, as far as mine, 
is, and this is a true story, um, I was let go from my job because I was pregnant. And they told me, well, in the state of Arkansas, they said that their definition of employer was 15 people or more. And I was one of eight. And I did go seek legal advice. And, you know, the attorney looked for any precedent at all he could find. And he's like, I'm sorry, but there's nothing we can do. They can counter sue you uh, for filing a frivolous lawsuit and end up you losing everything you have. And the wife of the dentist that I worked for at the time said that if I got an abortion, I could stay. As long as I was pregnant, I mean, let me go. And the dentist said, I swear to God, the next time that the next assistant that I hire will not have a uterus. And I had no recourse for that. So, you know, I was pregnant, ended up, yeah, Cobra was $750 a month just for me. And this was back in 1996. And, you know, so a long time ago. And we ended up having to do that anyway and had to put everything on a credit card to pay for my maternity care. Um, and those and, interest rates suck. Yeah. Uh, we Unless just, you're already rich. We just got it paid off a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, we if racked only up. prophylactics were like in you know, yeah. readily available, talked about, given medically sound sex education to the masses, yeah. people, not you specifically, but people who aren't educated wouldn't have those problems and they wouldn't go into debt. And you are an adult who knows what you're doing and you know, but the system is rigged against us adults who are not rich. Well, well, back then there was no you know, such thing as maximum out of pocket on the plan that I had. Yeah, there was a lifetime limit. If you hit that cap, you were just hosed for the rest of your life. And we ended up having to put $30,000 on charge cards. Yeah, there, there's a reason why uh, I wanted to hit into this uh, really quickly. And and like I said, because we're, we're over time, unfortunately, but I, I, I want to get this out of there. Because before we got, uh, before we got on the air, uh, Bridget had, uh, had, we, we kind of talked uh, a little bit about a piece of this because the, the bullying thing, the ideological thing, the keeping people down thing is not just two groups of people connected via social. It also goes along with these companies. Mm-hmm. Because we got to, uh, before we got started, Bridget was saying that there are, there are these, these groups whose job title is medical insurance. And yes, we were just talking about them screwing the individuals. However, go ahead and tell them what you were telling us about a payment out to the companies and the doctors and such. Yeah. Currently, I have a patient's account that I've been trying. I'm not going to name the name of their insurance, but it's one that everyone in the U.S. has heard of. Yeah, I'll put it that way. It's a national brand. 
Yes. Dental or vision? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm not trying to. I'm no, not trying to. I'm just do, curious. No, doesn't matter. There are. I mm. can. I could name five of those national brands just off the mm. top of my head, and I haven't worked yeah. at the pharmacy since I moved up here. So you know. But anyway, you know the patient has COVID and oh was God. admitted in March and is still inpatient and still racking up charges, even you know as of. You know, Friday when I was working and the major carrier has been finding reasons to deny payment and has not paid a single penny so far for any of his treatment. And he's still racking up charges. And who knows when he will get out of the hospital. He will probably wind up dying. And I'm really surprised that he hasn't died, you know, before now because... He's been in exactly seven months. And I'm um, you know, I've been fighting them. I started fighting with them back in March for not paying claims. Now I want people to understand something. When I was talking about the pharmacy that I used to work at, my first job, the job I have based every other job against as far as to how well I was treated, because local locally owned and locally operated pharmacy. When I left in 1992, I looked over the insurance forms and, and, and whatnot, because, you know, we, we all had access to it. We, we didn't do anything with it. It was just a matter that, you know, I could see the stuff. I remember adding up 1992 that there were easily in the, I, I was going to say tens of, in the 30,000s of dollars per carrier. And like I said, I could still name for you easily five national carriers that we dealt with over there. And this was a locally owned little pharmacy. So my point to this is, and Bridget, you go ahead and you tell me otherwise. As opposed to how the way that Dallin has explained how it works up north, for us, the insurance carrier's job is to make their damned money by any nickel and dime, by any line item that they can, that they can circle in the rider, by any means that they can legally get away with, or even mm -hmm. shady action. Shady oh. terminology they could come up with. Yeah. The thing that gets me is they will grant preauthorization for treatment. And, you know, patients get the treatment. And they'll come back a year later and decide for whatever reason that it wasn't medically necessary, even though it was, and take back money that they have paid. That should be illegal. Yes, it should. Yeah, that's the underlined word there, isn't it? Should. Should be, but it's not. Hey, they've probably figured when they figured out how to lobby for it to make it legal. Well, if the banks accidentally give out too much money and they can come back after finding out about it a year later and, and demanding that you give the money back, plus interest, they should be able to get away with it with an insurance payment. 
Yeah, but but the thing is, with the bank, that's an error. Yeah. With, and that's the, the way the insurance company sees it. It was an but error. That's, you know, we yeah. have to send in records and, and clinicals and all that stuff and get the preauthorization. And I feel like, you know, if they have given the preauthorization, then we should be able to trust that they will honor it. Now, like I said, since we're trust. running really, since we're running really low on time, we're beyond, but uh, the, the one, the one last piece. We're talking about, uh, by the way, uh, over on the live chat, I, I just noticed Audrey had said, Bridget, I really appreciate your work. Oh, thank you. Hmm. So the, the, the last question though was that from what you told us earlier before we got started, this is how it's going for, for, sorry, with, for-profit insurance agencies. What has been your experience with the government-run, otherwise non-profit insurance agency? People who have Medicare, your traditional Medicare, they may not pay as much as a major carrier would, but since the major carrier's job is to avoid payment and delay and things like that, Medicare pays very promptly. They're very efficient, and usually we have payment within 10 days. Sometimes it's within three or four days. Yeah. And that was one difference I, I was I was thinking of. Uh, the difference between what Bridge was talking about before versus what I'm doing or what I was talking about. My th This AHCIP, which I, I put a link to in our chat, uh, that is kind of a Medicare or would it actually would it more be Medicaid? No, Medicaid is usually for poor people that well, qualify for. Yeah. So, but the thing is for us, so like it, it is a Medicare, but it's government run. Right. So, so you know, like, like, yeah, like things like my pharmacy plan and stuff like that, that's, that's taken care of. Well, right now it's taken care of by blue cross. But it's all, you know, things like hospital stays, prescription drug things, specialists. For that, I'd have to actually purchase a different, like a, a third-party insurance plan. So, yeah, it's 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 fair, uh, Bridget. I think it's I think it's fair to say that what you have seen and experienced, if this was the general overall modus operandi for the insurance industry as a whole, which do you, which would you say is better overall for, well, what you see from a bird's eye view of it all? What's the best company? Well, from what you've seen, who seems to be the group benefiting the most in the best way so far? Wow. That's, Really hard to say. Um, Blue Cross tries to delay and deny. Humana likes to screw over people who have pre-authorizations. Aetna will require medical. Oh, don't get me started on Aetna. Will require medical records, and 
you know, as we send claims, you know, for daily charges, they will not accept one set of records. They want one set for every day sent to them separately. And I can tell you that, you know, for one, it's expensive to pull all those records and mail them. And I just don't think it's necessary. They should be able to have the yeah, full medical record and retain it and use it. And, and that's one reason why medical care is so expensive, because we have to jump through hoops like that to try to get reimbursement and insurance as a racket. But it sounds like from the way that you've described it, if you and, had to pick one of them. And the major payers that we have their negotiated rate, they pay us anywhere from 8 to 11% of bill charges. That's it. And... I don't like any of them. They all suck. But it sounds like <sighs> from what you were saying that the Medicare Cade? I keep getting it screwed up. The Medicare that people have when they're 65 or older I've, I don't have problems with them, and if they deny something that I think they should cover, I can send an appeal, and they'll usually come back and pay it. And I can even take the records, print them out, uh, you know, print to PDF, so I don't have to use any paper, upload it to their portal, boom, done. Somehow it sounds like there's something to be said for a group that's uh, in it for the betterment as opposed to for profit. We're, um, we're way over time, unfortunately. So, um, I've had more than my fair share of time to talk, uh, Dal and I both, uh, really. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Joseph, uh, Tech, Joey, you guys have had uh, the least amount of time, uh, I think, vaguely. So let me get you guys uh, one at a time. Joseph, uh, what last item you got to throw in here for, for us to think about? Um, yeah, uh, stay rational. And... Again, I'd like to see the discussion more about um, critical thought or not, because I think that's really the dividing line. That's where the dividing line should be drawn. Because most people who can think for themselves wouldn't stand for all this shit. Whatever dictator is doing, whatever insurance company is doing, or whatever, um, if we were to decide amongst ourselves, build some sort of consensus about what's best for our own survival instead of letting the powers that decide for us and make us submit to them, um, you know, all for the profit bar margin and, the, and their own better interest. Um, yeah, I think the world would be a very different place. Uh, you take care, sir. 
Thank you, Ben. And I'm, I'm right there with you on this one. Tech, where would you like to close with quick? Um, I'm very emotional. I've got a lot of things going through my head, uh, with the whole insurance stuff, just because of what's happened to my family and members over the years with different companies Aetna especially, Oh, I hope that company goes away of the dinosaur anyway. Um, so I'm going to, in, instead of saying stuff about everything else that we've talked about, I want to try to say some good things here. One, be kind to animals. Okay. That's whether it's your pets, your neighbor's pets, the wildlife in general, be good animals. Be kind to your neighbor, whether they're the person who lives next door to you, the person who lives the next block over, the person who lives in the next county, or the person who lives in the next country. We're all neighbors on the same planet. Speaking of which, be kind to the planet. Okay? Do what you can. Do even little things add up over time. Baby steps. You don't have to make giant leaps. Just do what you can. And finally, in terms of taking care of something, take care of yourself. Give yourself some time to have some peace and quiet. Turn the news off once in a while. We all know what it's saying. We've heard it over and over and over again. And with YouTube, we can go back and replace something that we've missed in case we did miss something. Give yourself some space. You know, you may need time. You may live with people who need some time away alone. Go outside, whittle, weave, crochet. Pick up a rock and just feel the texture in your hands. Something other than what's going on. And find some interest, something to give your mind some time to focus on. You need time for yourself, okay? With or without other people, you need some time for you to help you get through things. Even if it's just to pick up a paintbrush. And you only have one color of paint? Well, put on an episode of Bob Ross. You'd be surprised what you come up with. All right? Fair enough. True enough. And Joey, what last item you got? I've been thinking. When life gives you lemons, no. (laughs) (laughs) Some tequila. (laughs) No, no. I I think I I think he was going a little more portal there. I think he was going a little bit more (laughs) exothermic, but uh, you'd be there. I have I have been thinking and. It's something that I find somewhat amazing is the evolution of the medical field in the last hundred years. Because the only thing that outstrips the advancements that we have made in the medical field in the last hundred years, the only thing that outpaces that is the absolute bullshit of medical finance that has occurred in the last hundred years. I mean, some thought homework there. Go look at the two. It's numbing. No pun intended. That's all I got to say. All right. Being that, uh, we're late and, uh, we, like I said, the three of us have had, uh, more than our, uh, more time, I think, than, uh, the rest. We're, we're just going to close it right here for the time being. So thank you for being with us tonight. Uh, 
hope that you found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives. Please take very good care of yourselves as best you can, and uh, hopefully we'll see you back as soon as possible. Uh, Joseph, again, thank you very kindly. You have yourself a have a safe week. You know, for well with the way that everything's been going out there, I, I, I concern for you. So, you know, just be safe, man. Uh, yeah, we just broke uh, the record again. Uh, 30,400 cases. But I work right across the street. So. <clears throat> but you hang in there. Uh, you all take care. And see you all next week. Thank you, man. Tech. You too, man. You try to do, you know, the best that you can. Stay safe and just thank you for your time. No, silly. Sorry, I don't really have much more than that. <laughs> that that's okay. Joey, you too, man. Um, I'm glad we're able to have you. Uh, you just, uh, as always, I expect no promises, but I wish you'd take care of yourself, as always. Uh, get by doing what I do. There's a Beatles song in there somewhere, I think. Stillman, thanks. Yeah. Bridget, you take care of yourself best you can. Just know that we're here for you and, uh, you know, we're, we're pulling for you too and watching out. Well, thank you. Do you want to plug? I don't feel like it. <laughs> okay. People want to see all their stuff. Uh, go, go just piss off. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Dallin. <laughs> thank you. As always, I, I really do appreciate it. You take yeah. care of yourself. Yeah, you too. And, uh, you know, I'm going to pull a Bridget on this one. And if you want to see the, the stuff we get up to, uh, outside of this, just go over to the website, holycrapthevlogcast.com, where, you can also subscribe to the audio version of the show, which is up to date, I might add. Oh. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I do have something to add. What's that? And if you don't want to watch any of that stuff, I got to warn you, I just signed up for a Hulu subscription. And oh, my goodness, the anime section. It's like my childhood all over again. Well, my younger years, I should say, not my childhood. Dude, I am so not going to get things done. Seriously, man. Roroni Kenshin, Outlaw Star, Trigun, Cowboy Bebop, Yu Yu Hakusho, Dot Hack Sign. I'm not getting anything done. No, uh, my, my next two weeks, I am going to be the like couch potato to end all couch potatoes. And here I was proud of myself for setting up the West Wing on Hexadecimal to watch. Great. Thank you, everybody, for being with us tonight. Please, seriously, please take care of yourselves. Um, it's, it's tough to get through all these times, but, you know, we'll, we'll do exactly what we've always done. We'll get through it together. And if it sounds like I'm quoting Mr. Rogers again, yeah. Imagine that. All the information you need is over at, uh, over at the website, like Dallin said. Uh, phone number, if you want to leave us a voicemail message, 859-HCTV-554, 859-4288-554. And, uh, as, as I 
typically remind everybody this time of the season, if you're driving through at night uh, and you're going to a highway overpass, please be exceptionally attentive to make sure nobody's dropping anything from overhead. If you're driving over said overpass and you see some people who look a little weird, there's nothing wrong with waiting them out. Worst case scenario, call the local constabulatory and have them come down and take a look. You don't need to see what happens when a uh, hundred kilometer per hour windshield hits a terminal velocity gourd in the middle of the night. It's not pretty. So as always, everybody, you take care of yourselves. We will see you soon. As always, I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. My lady, 15 years plus on, I am still in love. Matane Fujin, I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. Till the next time we get together, everyone. As always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.